Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned in to His Hardline. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, so patriots assemble. assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. Wherever you're at in the world, I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones in the captain's chair. They are the host. They are the ones in charge, and they are at the wheel. So, therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. Welcome. This is His Hardline, episode 441, and we are going to have a little reading of the Declaration of Unalienable Rights. Well, Jason, what is that? Well, that one of the three documents that we hold very near and dear to us in the assembly. If you want to know what that looks like, you can go to national-assembly.net and you can go up to the top there. There's a little tab there called resources. You click on resources and then you go down to the handbook. When you click on the handbook, it takes you to this place that has a table of contents on the left-hand side. If you're on a desktop, I believe, I can't remember how it shows on the cell phone, but basically there's an appendix. A table of context, contact, content, boy, if I can only speak. And if you scroll down to uh, Appendix B, it's Appendix B. That would be your Declaration of Unalienable Rights. Jason, isn't it unalienable? No, it's unalienable. And that would be, that would mean those are rights that you cannot give away. Those are rights that they cannot take. Those are yours. Those are God-given. And a lot of people, seem to not really understand that. Now, I've been receiving a lot of emails. Uh, cancel that. I've been receiving some emails and a lot of comments in social media, particularly, you know, true social. Uh, people with questions. Um, There's some people that it seemed like, you know, I would be met with a, what seems to be hostility because, you know, people have been taught one thing most of their life or they came across thing called 
you know, the state national, you know, the American state national. So that's one thing that they thought and they've believed and bought into that that would be the way that we not only cut ties from the, you know, corporation, but that's the way, that's the way we fix America is is correcting our status, right? And so they hear what I'm saying, which is contrary to that. And so that gets some people, and I guess I could understand, I I am going to put my, I'm going to extend an olive branch here a little bit, and I'm going to say, yeah, I have some, a bit of understanding for those feelings. Because we're so sick and tired of seeing a country get decimated by this enemy that we call the corporation that's 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 you know dictating our lives it pisses us all all off i and i understand that and i sympathize with that however just because you were sold a bill of goods doesn't mean that there's any meat to that okay destry put it simply to me uh now i was using the uh what's the word i was using the analogy of the mouse and the mouse trap and what i said in another show two nights ago was do you think that the mouse ever stopped and wondered before he got caught in the trap and snapped his back and eventually killed him do you ever think that that mouse stopped to think why is the cheese free yeah, Jason, what the hell are you talking about? What what is what does state nationals and mice in a mousetrap have anything to do with anything? Here's what I'm saying. They tell you, you correct your status, you don't have to pay your property taxes. You can get away from paying your income taxes, save a ton of money. You become a sovereign citizen, right? You correct your status. You break away from the corporation. We'll show you how to do this. We'll show you how to do that, right? Pay us a bunch of money because, hey, it costs... It costs money to travel around the, the the country in airplanes and staying in nice hotels and, and 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 dine at nice restaurants and drink drinks with nice, you know, high profile people. That kind of thing costs money. So, you know, our our conferences are gonna cost about four hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred or ninety-nine, whatever. I don't care if it's fifty bucks. Jason, I could swing fifty bucks. Yeah, so could I all day long. That's not my point. What's my point? My point is they entice you with money and money saved and sovereignty, right? Break away from the corporation. They're being tyrants. They're oppressive. We'll stick it to them. You status correct. Okay. How's that restoring the Republic? See, Destry made a very good point today when we were talking on the phone. It's like you living in a house that you own. And you have somebody else living in that house with you, a roommate. That roommate starts acting in a way that you just don't agree with. They, they're, they are overstepping their bounds. They're making things uncomfortable. They're basically taking over your home. They leave burn marks and watermarks and messes on your stove. Your microwave looks like something exploded in it. 
They have two pit bulls that run amok in your house and there's pee stains everywhere on your white carpet and dog fur all over your beautiful couches that you've paid dearly for and took a lot of pride in keeping clean. Your house is starting to get destroyed. That's your home. That's the home you pay for. You flip the payment on that. You pay the property taxes on that. You pay the mortgage. You pay for the maintenance, right? That would be like basically saying, well, I give up. I quit. I'm just going to abandon my house. No. That is what the equivalent of correcting your status, which is not going to help you in the end anyways. That's what you're doing. You're stepping away from your homeland. You're abandoning America by doing that. Because here's the ultimate trap. Sure. You go status correct. And I'm sure there are people out there that haven't paid taxes in three, four, five years and they're not in jail. I'm sure that is the case. But make no mistake. What profits a man for he gains the whole world but loses his soul? You know what's going to end up happening when the de jure Republican form of government of self-governing by we the people finally get back into power? And we end up having a government that most of America will never, you know, they, they will have never recognized the government that's about to come. All right. It's going to be an unrecognizable government. You, as a status corrector, will be unable, unlawful, unlawfully be able to participate in this in this wonderful republic that we, you know, in America, you won't be able to vote. You won't be able to have a voice to express concerns that may come up while you live in this land. Now, you might be able to live in this land without possibly going to jail because, listen, a lot of people got swindled and bamboozled. I don't think the 15 million people that status corrected, I don't think there would be a decision to throw all those people in, in jail for being a foreigner to America. But what I'm saying though, is industry is putting it right here in the, in the chat board. What people are not realizing is those are corporate actors in our house. They act in our offices until we return. There's a key word there. They act. They don't do a damn thing for us. They act. That's why it's a big clown show we're watching. They're corporate actors sitting in our seats. Those are, that's our house. They were contracted by the military in 1871 until the people return back to those seats. Why do you think the assembly is so important, ladies and gentlemen? See, this whole self-status, you know, this whole status correction thing is such a self-serving thing. And, and I've been getting messages and people laying comments and, you know, some people are maybe just trolls. I don't know. I'm not, I'm going to be good on the name call. I'm going to try not the name call, but I guess so many people like, you know, you, you're such a divisive person. Why can't you status correctors, you know, how come this people who don't, you know, that are American state nationals and then people in the national assembly, how come they can just get together and just figure out this problem together? Because again, 
Folks, if you've listened to Kirk Pendergrass on Kirk's Law Corner, he goes into this in great explanation. Sessional became a noun under United States code. That is a corporate invented thing. The U.S. code, USC. The term national never was a thing prior to that. If you were born America, you're an American. You're a civilian in America. You're the civil power. Just because they entrapped us in a system since birth by tricking our parents, by making them fill out a birth certificate and then all these other adhesion contracts that come along like social security cards and so on and so forth, that was something, that was an agreement that they put us into without our consent or knowledge. Again, it's all fraud. Fraud vitiates fraud. So what are you correcting from? Destry was just saying right here, I refuse to status correct and burn the bridges to my home so I can never return to the offices of the Republic. That's exactly it. You status correct, you basically walk away from your homeland called America. Yeah, but Jason, I still have a house here. Yeah. And what kind of rights are you going to be losing? Are you going to be able to purchase a firearm at that point? Are you going to be able to have the freedom of speech? You know, technically you could be deported because you are a man or a woman without a country. I mean, if you want to get down to it and listen, you might ask, well, whose decision that is? Well, that's not any one man or woman's decision in the assembly. That is something that is a voted on as a body politic. They could take up your case and, and say, okay, uh, Jane Doe Smith is allowed to live here. However, and who knows what kind of stipulations there may be. I mean, think about what foreigners actually have to do, like actual foreigners from other countries. I mean, think about the whole nationalization process and the, you know, naturalization process and the test they have to actually take to become, you know, an American citizen. So I don't know what that looks like because we're not there yet. But here's what I'm saying. You status correct. You lose your homeland called America. You, you, you can't call yourself an American. Sorry. That's not being divisive. That is called the law. And you stepped away from it for the sake of saving a few bucks in tax money. Again, folks, when we get our self-governing status back, believe me, the unconstitutional property taxes and state income taxes and the federal income taxes all disappear. All those Fraudulent programs that were designed to pilfer more money out of the Americans' pockets go away. Yeah, but Jason, something still has to fund government. Yes. It's called a flat sales tax. 4% to the state, 2% to the federal government. On top of that, who knows? Then there's tariffs that you impose on other countries, right? But you do not accept candy from a stranger. That freaking kidnapping van with no windows rolls up beside of you. And they say, hey, kid, I got some candy. Come in here. I'll give you all the candy you want. Uh, and then you're just sitting there thinking. 
and you're like thinking, uh, is that a good idea? No, it's not a good idea. So don't fall for the trap. You cannot fall for the trap, guys. And I'm going to keep drilling this point home every week. But what's interesting is I'm starting to realize that as people start coming and asking questions, now here's the thing, I'm going to put this out there and hopefully the majority of people will hear this. If you post questions upon questions upon questions, now I've been extending some grace and answering a lot of questions, but I'm going to be very, very honest with all of you now. If you're new to the channel and you're new to his hard line, you're new to the assembly, um, remember, I put in 12-hour days as a truck driver. I'm a very busy man from 2 a.m. to 2.33 p.m., so about 12 to 13 hours. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I'm very busy with half my day being behind the wheel of a gas truck, delivering gas. I have a family. I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful, sweet little daughter. And I look forward to coming home, and I value my time with my family. And because of the nature of my job, I'm unable to always, I'm not really, I can't talk on the phone and I obviously can't text. I have a camera that faces me all the time. So I'm limited. So I'm here to say this. My, I will answer a couple questions here and there. But when the questions start to, you know, go from two, three questions to like 20, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, and this is not me being rude or trying to ignore you or evade the questions. I'm just simply not going to respond anymore. Because when you take that, times that by 50, 60, 70, 80 people via email and other social media platforms, I'll be on my phone forever and I'll end up divorced. Can't do that. I can't do that. My time is too valuable. If you want to learn more, dig more. Go to national-assembly.net. Go in the forums. Start digging. Start researching. Listen, this platform, this podcast, it should be a supplement to your own research. First and foremost, take all things to God. Ask for discernment. Ask for guidance. The Bible is very clear. Trust no man, but trust in the wisdom of God. I'm not sitting here saying that I am giving you deceitful information or false information. No, I'm giving you good information. But again, how do you know that? You don't know me, and I don't know you. See, as much as you think I could be someone that might be full of crap to, in your eyes, if you're coming at me with a thousand questions for all I know, your intentions could be just to try to bog me down and weigh me down mentally by trying to take my attention from other things. So that's the other reason why I'm going to stop answering a ton of questions. If it's one or two easy, simple, quick questions, sure, I'll throw a quick answer out, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on it now anymore going forward because it's, 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 a, it's too much. You either get it or you don't, okay? This podcast and this channel is supposed to serve as an introduction into the assembly and what it's about. If it intrigues you enough that you want to learn more, then we'll get in contact with me at hishardline at gmail.com. We'll get you in contact with the proper people, get you set up with a you know, face-to-face meeting so you can learn. You can ask questions to you know your sponsor. Okay? And here's the other thing. If you go to hisheartline.com and then you click underneath the assembly link and you click National Assembly, 
there is a page of specific episodes that I have segregated so you don't have to go through the 440 plus episodes on Podbean to try to sift through them. They're already right there in that page, in that link. Okay. You want to know about the history of where we're at, where we came from, and where we're at today? You want to know a little bit about the Michigan timeline and what happened there? You want to you want to know about the civil peace flag? Go to that web go to that link on my webpage, hishardline.com and t- and click on the assembly link. Start there. And while you're listening, go on national-assembly.net and click on the forums and start going through the information. Yeah, but Jason, you can't believe everything on the internet. I get that. I do. But let me read something to you. See if I can find it. I think I can find it. Hold on. I think I posted it somewhere. Here it is. Hold on. Think about this for a second. Now, this was from someone by the name of William Casey. He was a former CIA director back in 1981. Now, this is a quote of his. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Think about that for a second. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. There's a reason why they're pushing disinformation, misinformation, folks. They know this assembly has legs and they know it has strong legs to run very far and to scale mountains beyond belief. I understand you can't believe everything on the internet. I do. That's why Destry created national-assembly.net, the the school, the, the school for called the National Assembly. It's supposed to be a source of accurate information made available to you that has been dug up by many, many, many dedicated patriots and historians and people who are avid researchers around the world. People have gone over to Europe for this information and have dug archives in libraries in places you probably would never heard of to dig up this history so because they've tried so hard to suppress this information so we weren't successful. I understand you can't believe everything on the internet. That's why you have to go to God, ask for discernment, and keep verifying. Verify, but verify. Destry was saying a lot of this stuff was in the Boston and Philadelphia archives. And a lot of what is taking place within assembly there are receipts. There are validations. You just have to know where to look. You have to listen to the speeches that Trump has made in the past. Connect dots. I can't sit here every day answering a thousand questions from eight different people. It's counterproductive for me and unfair to my family. And I'm not going to do it. I'll answer a couple questions here and there, but that's it. I cannot give audience to that. And then I know this is not me being. A dingleberry. All right. I'm not trying to do that. But like I said, I respect my time. My time is valuable to me. My family is valuable to me. And this country is valuable to me. And so I have to spend my time in a very wise manner. So 
And yeah, Destry makes a very good point. This has everything to do with the 21 requisitions. Trump would not be where he was and where he still is if it wasn't for the people in assembly. Jason, what do you mean? Are you saying you guys installed Trump? No. Nope. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is because of the 21 requisitions that were put forward by the people in assembly to the military, part of that was to make sure that we had a an unrigged, listen to my words, an unrigged election when Trump ran back in 2016 against Hillary Rodham Clinton. See, they had this thing fixed, according to their eyes, because Hillary didn't even have a concession speech prepared. Nobody thought she would lose. No one thought that she would lose. But yet the military went in and unrigged all the election machines that they had fixed, and yet Russia was blamed. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia was blamed. Yeah. So, people, do your own homework. I will. Uh, this show is here to serve as a guide and as a... How do I want to say it? It serves as a guide and an introduction to what the National Assembly is and how that is being used to restore the republic. But this platform should not be the, uh, the end-all, be-all of information. You are required to be a patriot and a researcher and do your own digging. See, when you become a jurist, and I know I'm kind of going a little long-winded. I'll get into the uh, Declaration of Unalienable Rights here. But when you become a, a jurist and you sign that jural covenant of office in the assembly, we are investigators. We are the ones that investigate crimes against the legislature. The, the legislative, judicial, and executive branches. We are the ones that impanel grand juries. We are the ones that are the buffer and protect the people between the lower branches of government. The common law grand juries is essentially a branch of government in of itself. All right, now I rambled quite a bit. I almost got off topic, or not off topic, but almost kind of got off off uh, agenda here but one little last note and this is coming from Destry here on the chat he says we have proper things in place and only need the people to get involved and use the tools that we provide and if some of you are wondering who's this Destry he keeps referring to he's a friend of mine who listens to the show quite frequently and he is a man who has actually studied and learned what he could from a former special forces um military man by the name of, uh, I keep wanting to say Carl Miller, uh, Robert Gilman. And he's been soaking up as much information while he was still on this earth for about, if I recall correctly, about seven years. And Robert Gilman, along with Carl Miller and others, served and were trained under General Douglas MacArthur, who was the one that initiated Restore America Plan, also known as Operation Blue Book. And that operation was how to restore, you know, how to restore America back to a republic from a democracy. 
Hence why there's field training manual 2000-25. He got to learn a lot of good information from him, but not enough. He wished he was able to put a thumb drive in his brain so he can download all the information. Sadly, he was unable to, but he obtained what he could in seven years. And that is why I have Destry. I shouldn't say I have him. I actually have the privilege that he joins this show to make sure that I make, you know, put out proper information. Cause remember, I don't always get it right, folks. I don't always get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong, but that's why I try to rely on someone like him and others to provide that checks and balances for proper information. It's important that I put out 100% truth because again, like this old CIA agent or excuse me, CIA director from 1981. I'm going to say this quote one last time. And I want you to think and ponder that for a moment and why they would do this. He said, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. There's a reason why they're doing that folks. Now let's get into the declaration of unalienable rights. Now, First off, what does um, unalienable mean? So if you look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, the 1828, Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary, and you look up unalienable, it means, of course, not alienable. It's an adjective that cannot be taken away. It cannot be transferred. In other words, you can't give away your rights. You can't get them taken away. None of that. They're yours or God-given. So now for the Declaration of Unalienable Rights held by Indigenous Power. Now what I'm going over is a sample form that we use. All right. And then, of course, each state will put their seal and everything like that on it. And they dress it up according to how they see fit. And it's in blue ink because blue is for the land of the living. Right. Um. And this is what it reads. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and, the na and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinion of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all humans are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. A free and independent state is established when one people join together in a common unity to secure their natural God-given rights. Again, to secure their natural God-given rights lights rights to secure their right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed to be exercised by the elected officials as surrogate power for the free and independent nation equals state and then of course you put the name of your state there when surrogate power officials assume the right of indigenous power as supreme a free and independent state inverts into a state which usurps the unalienable rights of the people and they become mere subjects of mandatory conformity, victims of suppression of natural rights and tyranny. 
Corrupted surrogate power has no indigenous authority of its own. Therefore, I declare by Almighty God, in peaceably, one people, assembly. And then the covenant affirmation under it says, I am created equal to all men and women with unalienable rights held by indigenous power. I solemnly affirm, publish, and declare, I am absolved from all political allegiance foreign to this free and independent state. Let's re-look at that for a quick second, shall we? It's, I am absolved from all political allegiance foreign to this free and independent state. Folks, I'm pausing here for a second. What would be foreign to this free and independent state? Um, I have one guess. That would be someone that's status corrected and is considered a state national. Mm-hmm. I am absolved from all political allegiance foreign to this free and independent state with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence in one people assembly. I affirm, and then you state your name. Last paragraph. I am local to name of state, a free and independent state lawfully settled in name of county settlement. And in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty for our posterity and our free and independent state. I consent. Important word there, folks. I consent to uphold and keep the peace or delegate power to the local county settlement and to Michigan, a free and independent state. There it said Michigan. This was should have said, it should have been blank there. A free and independent state for the lawful protections, freedoms, and rights of the people in these free and independent states. In support to this declaration, with a firm reliance on divine providence, we pledge to each other the protection of happiness, prosperity, life, and liberty. And by autograph under witness protection, my declaration of unalienable rights held by indigenous power is supreme, holding and reserving all unalienable rights and jury nullification intact. This declaration autographed by settler slash beneficiary with reservation of all rights. And then the next little line here, it says Appalachian autograph, may heaven and earth be one eternal witness this day. Affirmed and autographed by Appalachian in grace entered in almighty God by, and of course you autograph it and then you print your name and then you have three witnesses. And so that is one of the three forms that we sign in front of three witnesses. That is the declaration of unalienable rights held by indigenous power. It's a very awesome thing when you do it and you put your hand on the Holy Bible and you, you swear in. It's a very powerful moment. It's one to be taken seriously. 
never lightly. It is a duty that is an honor to uphold. Now, the reason I do this podcast is because I have such a crazy work schedule, meaning sometimes it requires that I work a lot of Saturdays. There's a lot of times where we have our state in, you know, face-to-face meetings on Saturdays. And they're very far away. Now, if they're very close by, typically I can make the last few hours of it when I'm done with my shift. But, you know, a lot of these meetings require, you know, some of these positions require that you have to show up, you know, if you're an office holder. But again, they're interim, so it's not like you have a lot to do. Not like, you know, when you're, you know, when we come out of interim, that's when, you know, the work actually probably happens. But the thing is, and and, and Destry was saying, many people have a stigmatism (laughs) over the word indigenous. It's a, it's, it's a correct and proper term all because of indoctrination. But the thing is folks is It doesn't have to take a whole lot of time out of your life, but it does take some time and it is a process. And God called me to do this. He used my big blabbering mouth. And the attitude within that basically doesn't care what other people think. I don't care how many trolls come at me. I really don't care. You know what I do with trolls? I laugh at them like this. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I laugh at them. Because I don't pay any attention to them. But we need the people. And here's the other thing. We don't charge money for conferences, conference calls, meetings, the education to give you, to help you learn. We have these things called train the trainer. I mean, there's so many different things that we have to help learn these things properly. Guess what? Doesn't cost you a dime. You know what it costs you? Your time, which is actually more valuable than those federal debt notes that we call dollars a.k.a. IOUs. That's all it's going to cost you is some of your time. That's it. So, are you able to answer that call? Are you able, are you willing to serve your nation? So, I want to play a little video, kind of, to lighten the, the mood here, and then we'll close it out with a quick prayer. This is about eh, three minutes long, but kind of comes at an appropriate time, <laughs> especially with this whole balloon fiasco. But listen to this. This is kind of funny. This, this guy was on YouTube. I forgot who sent it. Oh, my stepfather, Tony, he sent this to me. This was funny. 
The bag limit is on balloons? I mean, look at this thing. I feel like I'm tracking a dead gum hurricane. Are you sure this ain't a gender reveal? This, this looks like something your sister would cook up. <laughs> I mean, give this to me in some terms I understand. Like, are we under a balloon watch or a balloon warning? Whoa, hey, put those down. Okay, we can't all go shooting at it. We're gonna have to take turns. That way we know which one of us hit it. You think they moved Dolly to a secure location? You see, the trick is to never let go of the string. If we knock it down, do you think that they want it back? Or can we just put it up on Facebook Marketplace? Watch, that thing's gonna come down and land on somebody's car and make them wreck. I can hear the TV commercials now. Have you or a loved one been injured in a spy balloon accident? I will say that it takes <laughs> some guts to come down here, especially this time of year, because we're about two days overdue for our weekly tornado warning. You think they're spying on us right now? Honey, you may wanna put a bra on. How'd this thing go over Montana and not get shot down? Heck, they wouldn't even have to use guns. They could just get Beth Dutton to walk out there and take one look at it, and it skedaddle right across the ocean. <laughs> you think they're going to close the Walmart down for this? Because I got a, a grocery pickup scheduled for 3.30, and I, I got to get hamburger meat. What do you think it came this way for? You think they're trying to get some aerial photos of, you know, like our real important stuff? Yeah, I'm talking about the new Buckies they're putting over there on the interstate. I mean, why wouldn't China want one? Everybody wants a Buckies. I heard that it was actually a UFO, and this was the only way they could get us not to panic. I heard that from a very reliable source this morning down at the gas station. I heard that this is how Dollar General finds places to put new stores. Oh yeah, I see it all right. And what's it gonna do to me? It's like 10 miles up in the air. Okay, yes, mama, I'll be careful. Man, look at all the planes and helicopters following that thing. You know what this reminds me of? Smokey and the Bandit. Yep. <laughs> but instead of hauling beer, they're uh, stealing state secrets. You know what? They picked a good time here to come fly over here because it is way too cold for us to be outside. Because if this was July, I guarantee you that thing would be in the middle of a fish right now. Because somebody around here has got a recipe for balloon. You think you could call a balloon? <laughs> nah, that didn't do it. I mean, they said it's just a weather balloon, but I mean, can you really trust the government? I mean, who knows what China is trying to send us. You know, I've got to use these binoculars, which were ironically made in China. That thing's really racking up some miles, ain't it? That's been in the air more this year than Southwest Airlines. Look at all this commotion. <laughs> this is going to scare all the deer off. Honey, tell the kids, come out here and take a look at this. This is history right here. When's the next time you're going to see a balloon like this come floating? Oh, they already found another balloon in South America? Okay, well, sit tight. I guess another one's coming. How you reckon you get a balloon like that, guy? That did not come from the Dollar Tree. You reckon I could put me a tree stand in one of those? That'd be... That'd be something, wouldn't it? You know what movie this reminds me of? Up. No, I was going to say Independence Day. Where's Will Smith when you need him? He could just slap that balloon right back to China. I guarantee you Brother Wayne is going to work this into his sermon on Sunday. Somehow. I can hear it now. Hey, while we were all looking up at the sky, searching for that balloon, you know what we should have been looking to the heavens for? That's right. Amen, Jesus. I guarantee you, I will put money on it. I'm not going to bet in the church, but, you know. I bet you that I could... No, <laughs> I'm gonna need a full one for that. <laughs> <laughs>when the balloon comes south that was what that video is so if you guys want to watch it, it's actually better to like see it and hear it it's it's titled when the balloon comes south that was really good stuff right there and at the end where he's like i wonder he had a can of beer in his in his hand he's like i wonder and you could see the wheel spinning like he wants to hit it with his beer can he's like nah i need a full one for that oh man oh man well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is really all I have for you today. I hope you go back, listen to this show, ponder some of the things that we talked about. And um, remember, when you got somebody in your home and you're paying for that home and this roommate is just destroying your house, 
you don't abandon your home. You take the proper necessary steps and follow the process to evict them out. Again, that's what status correcting does. You basically abandon your home. Don't abandon your home. The National Assembly is the proper way to evict the Contract Services Administration that was contracted back in 1871. Those are our seats. We need to return those seats to we the people. I hope I made myself clear on that. Because remember here at His Heart Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. And we're not going to let the enemy cross this line anymore. We need to hold that line, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do. This is what patriots do. This is what hardliners do. This is what real men and women of America do. America. All right, folks. Let's say a quick prayer and close us out. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. I can't say thank you enough for this awesome soundboard, this mixing board. It has made life so much easier. The production has been so much better, I believe. And uh, it doesn't make me any better, but boy, oh boy, it sure does make me sound a little bit better. And I appreciate that. And I give all the glory and the gratitude to you. Thank you, Father. Seriously, you really give us awesome resources to help us with the calling that you, you know, called us for. Um, and again, real quick, while I'm finishing up this prayer, if anybody has any prayer requests, please put it in the chat. I'd be happy to put it in the prayers. But Father, thank you so much. We just want to also say, just keep guiding us as usual. I know it, my prayers seem redundant and almost kind of like a skipping record, but this is the biggest prayer that we often have to keep asking. Show us the way, show us the light. We keep planting those seeds because we know eventually with enough water, enough love and time, those seeds are going to grow up to be huge, big, large redwood trees. All right. So help us do what we need to do for you. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So anyways, folks, that is really all I have for you today. And I hope you have a wonderful day or night, wherever you're at in the world. And we will be back here tomorrow. I'm not sure what time I will post that in the morning, because like I said, tomorrow is when we have our state national, you know, our state call and our national call. And of course I got to work Friday. So I got to go to bed a little early on Friday anyway, or Thursday, I should say. Uh, I got called off tomorrow because we have more drivers on the schedule than trucks available because we keep having our Kenlers be pieces of crap and they keep breaking down. Yeah. So I got an unexpected day off tomorrow. Then I work on Friday. Then I'm off on Saturday, but that's to go to a state meeting. So it's going to be a nice busy week for me. So God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back here tomorrow. Time to wake Time up. Ha <laughs> No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, 
We are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost.